Welcome everybody to my 2018 movies. This, this one's a bit different than Corbin's. I'm only gonna have one. His he yeah, released two. One that's worst of 2018. One is best 2018. And I'm gonna do something similar, but except this time and the same as last year, I'm going to be doing something. I'm going. My list is going to be more along the lines of all the movies I've seen this year. I'm gonna put them onto a spectrum where I think that they are the least best films into the best best films. So it's kind of the same how it works last year. It's a little bit different this year though because last year I did just every movie. I did any movie that I saw that year, not just what was released in 2017. Um, so I had a bunch of different movies that. I'd watched or released years prior to that. Well, this year's a bit different. Uh, I'm just doing movies from 2018 because I saw roughly a little bit over 50 uh, that came out this year. Uh, and to account for all the movies that I've seen in total, it would be closer to double the length of this list. So I decided to stick with just the movies that came out this year, which is 52 in total. Um, it's And now the few more changes would be that... Uh, I'm not going to. I'm going to go ahead and skip the summaries because they're going to take way too much time. I'm trying to keep this much less. Uh, I'm trying to take as much time as I took last year, which is very, very long. So I'm going to try and take. Uh, I'm trying to make every movie that I talk about a bit shorter. Instead of telling you guys about a summary, giving the score, and everything like that, I'm not going to give any scores. I'm just going to give my own score. Uh, I won't give it a. I'll give it a recommend or not. Uh, now, some of these, of course, those last same as last year, I've already talked about uh, in podcasts or written reviews or things like that. So I'll make sure to mention those whenever I come across them, uh, and I'll make sure to put the links on the description because uh, most of those, especially those, I'll only mention, I'll mention very, very briefly, and I'll just account you to those podcasts. Now, my thoughts have changed on a couple of them they have. I'll make sure to mention that as well, uh, what parts of the podcast I don't, or I guess my overall thoughts, if I do or don't agree, or how they have changed in general. And then there's a slight change to the six categories um, last year. There, there are still six, but I added a new category and took one out. So this year, instead of uh, this year, I added the new the new category of so bad that they're good. Uh, this is at the very very beginning of the list. Uh, this this is not. It's kind of different than last year's. It doesn't actually begin with the absolute my absolute worst. I'll talk about that when I get there. Um, to which one, which movie I think is the worst that I've seen this year. That is in the next uh, category, which is movies I hated. Um, this is kind of just a precursor to that really bad, uh, to that really bad list, which is movies I hated. That's where I think the best. That's where I think that the best example of the ones that I hate the most come in. Uh, I do this because uh, once again it's on spectrum, but at the same time it's. These movies that are so bad, they're good. They're kind of hard to rate because they are terrible, uh, and they're mostly going to be ones or twos. But they wouldn't be up towards the best of the year because they just wouldn't fit with the scores. So I'm going to put them here at the beginning. They're kind of, I guess, what you could say is uh, runners up of the worst movies that I didn't, the worst movies of the year. That I think. Um, anyways, so with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started here. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I have 52 movies in total that I saw this year, and here they are in alphabetical order. These are not in score order. Uh, these are just alphabetical. So to start this off, I have the 1517 to Paris, Adrift, Avengers Infinity War, Beast, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Blo Blockers, Breaking in, The Cloverfield Paradox, Deadpool 2, 8th Grade, First Man, The First Purge, First Reformed, God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness, Gotti, Halloween, Happy Time Murders, Hereditary, Incredibles 2, Iowa Dogs, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, The Kindergarten Teacher, Kirk Cameron's Connect, Mid-90s, Ocean's 8, Overboard, Peppermint, A Quiet Place, Rampage, RBG, Ready Player One, Searching, Sergeant Stubby, An American Hero, Show Dog, Sicario, Day the Soldado, Skyscraper, Slice, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Sorry to Bother You, Superfly, Tag, Truth or There, Totally, Twisted Pair, Unfriended, Dark Web, Unsane, Upgrade, Widows, Won't You Be My Neighbor, A Wrinkle in Time, and You Were Never Really Here. 
Okay, so now that we have the rule, the how this is going to work, and the movies that I saw this year, uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. This is the So Bad That They're Good list. There are eight here, uh, and these eight... Number one here at the very beginning is Twisted Pear. This is the new Neil Breen movie. If you know Neil Breen, he's become quite a name as of late. Uh, this is his newest movie, and I did get to go see it in an art theater at Chicago, uh, which is kind of funny because uh, a co-host that I had in a few podcasts be- uh, before, especially during the summer, uh, was Curtis, and he's one of my good friends from at the time. We were also roommates, and him and I found that it was coming to Chicago, so of course we immediately bought tickets and planned a day to go up there, and uh, it was kind of cool because we did get to meet YMS, if you know him from YouTube. He was one who actually introduced us to Neil Breen um, on, off of one of his videos that, up there, and so we did get to see, we did get to meet him briefly. We were actually the first in line, believe it or not, Curtis and I, uh, and then apparently Tamara from Channel, Channel Awesome was there too, but I didn't get to see her. I didn't know I knew that she was going to show up, but I didn't uh, end up seeing her. Anyways, uh, so this movie was pretty much uh, everything that I had expected it to be. It was one of, this is probably my favorite bad movie of the year, uh, mainly because of the experience that I had in the movie as well, because you really couldn't hear a line, a, a single line of dialogue because everyone was just being so loud. Uh, I mean, I was able to follow it as much as I guess you probably could with that movie. Uh, anyways, if you're get a chance to see this, I would highly recommend it. It's definitely one of Neil Breen's best. I mean, I guess... Uh, it's kind of hard to t- it's kind of hard to say which one of New Breeds are the better or the others. Now, of the New Breed movies that have that are out, this one I c- would consider to be one of the best ones uh, because it is just so ridiculous. And he tries to be really artsy with it, but of course he's I don't know if he un- really understands how to portray such a thing uh, through a film medium. So if you get the chance, I definitely check this out. It is absolutely wild, and it is a definite must see when it comes to so bad that they're good. So my score for Twisted Pair would also be a one. Now, Truth of the Air is the next one here. Uh, this one, I wrote a review on this on the website, so I won't talk too much about it. Uh, I just refer you to that review. I have since then seen the unrated cut because now I own the Blu-ray for it, and it's still quite the gem. Uh, the unrated cut doesn't really do too much um, to add to the story, uh, or there really isn't much that you're missing if you watch either version. Uh, I suppose that the unready cut would be the best one to watch because then you get even a little bit more craziness. Uh, I guess a few extended shots here or there. Uh, Anyways, so with truth, with truth or there, my thoughts are relatively the same as the review, so I'll just refer you to that if you want to get it. Uh, I would it's a high recommend for me because it is quite the movie. Uh, it's total garbage and it is absolutely hysterical to watch. The next one is Show Dogs, and uh, I we did get to, I did get to see this before they edited that ending scene, and I do remember I'll talk about the ending scene here in just a second. But uh, Curtis and I ended up, did go end up going to see this. I believe it was with Movie Pass, uh, and it is. Uh, quite the movie it's getting there towards the uh getting we're kind of at this point we're kind of getting towards the not so the not so bad that they're good but getting into the movies that just aren't good in general uh there are some really funny moments in this uh, some really embarrassing moments here um especially that end scene that ending scene um with uh i guess i guess what caused the controversy here would have been the uh the host touching the dog's genitals and then the dog kind of, I guess, hallucinating what had happened. I didn't I did get to see that. And I, when that scene came up, I didn't know that this was the controversial part about it. But when that scene came up, I legitimately fell out of my chair uh, in the theater. I think there was like three of us, three or four of us in total. Um, so yeah, uh, I, this was a pretty good theater experience. Although I don't know if, I haven't really seen any reports if that scene's going to be included in like the deleted scenes or something like that in the actual Blu-ray disc of Show Dogs. Hopefully it would be, that'd be kind of cool to see, um, although I can understand why they wouldn't put it in there. Uh, one out of 10 for this, of course, but it's uh, it's still a recommend for me. 
Now, next is Peppermint. This is with Jennifer Garner. Uh, this is a two for me. Uh, it's Now, to be fair, the opening scene here I thought was actually legitimately funny. Uh, it's I, It was kind of meant to be that way, and it kind of plays it off really well, but anything past this is really cheesy and really hilarious and up until the end i think it gets kind of rocky and begins to just fall apart instead of keeping your interest it begins to get kind of boring um jennifer garner of course she overacts which doesn't help at all they really tried to build up this family and then of course you know what's going to happen by the time that they're introduced so it's no surprise at all as to what why as to what happens after a couple scenes after their after their brought into the picture um it's begins to be very very predictable there towards the end which does also kind of add to why it was kind of becoming a bore for me uh if you ever get the chance i'd still check it i would still check it out still recommend for me but yeah two out of ten now sergeant stubby and american hero is the next one here and it was quite the movie this is i believe it was meant to be a straight to blue a straight to dvd release and then for some reason got a uh release in theaters if i'm not mistaken maybe i could be very wrong about that anyways uh it, now i will be fair the movie did teach me about something that i didn't actually know that a dog had been i guess drafted into the army or was actually this dog on can on on site for this uh i guess this group so i did not know that aside from uh, me not knowing that uh this movie was not great it has some really i guess poor animation by theater stand by a uh, i guess in context to anything else that comes out that's in CG. Um, the story, although, once again, is interesting due to the context of the dog being present, uh, it doesn't really do much to, I guess, push any kind of message out other than check out this historical uh, figure that really no one knows about. Um, aside from that, it really isn't that great of a movie it's really not anything that i guess you could watch it's nothing that's going to blow your mind because it's so ridiculous or it's gonna make you laugh it's i mean maybe a couple parts it does have some some funny moments but aside from that it's nothing really worth checking out i think aside from just looking up the wikipedia article on the dog okay so the next is the fifteen seventeen to paris i gave this a two um once again another interesting um event in history but for some reason, Clint Eastwood decided to use the actors who are a part of the situation and they don't really know how to act very well. Um, and that really kind of brings the movie down. Once again, it is interesting that this movie, that this interest, that it is interesting that this situation it happened. Um, but one, maybe one of those things where uh, a professional actors really would have really helped this movie out. But even then, the way that this movie is written kind of makes a lot of scenes feel like padding or tedious work instead of meaningful or adding on to the story aside from making up aside from uh creating characters um it's still not a recommend for me it just kind of feels like most of it's just a waste of time instead of uh telling a, a compelling story and booting up characters that would emotionally grip us there especially towards the end especially when the they attack the train at the very end Okay, so the next is Unfriended Dark Web. Uh, once again, this is another one that we have a podcast on. I believe Jacob joined us. Jacob Curtis and I were on that one. Uh, so my thoughts really haven't changed on that. Although apparently we, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, or maybe it's Curtis. Uh, either way, it was mentioned in the podcast that there are two different endings and they were just kind of randomized in the theater. Well, when the Blu-ray disc came out, it said that there are three on the disc. So that's one small change. Other than that, my thoughts still haven't changed on it. It's still 
a really bad movie. It has those moments where it's funny, but even then it's not really worth seeing. Um, it has, like, I think Curtis said it best, you can watch the first, like, first act and then the last act and it's completely skipped the second act. There really isn't anything there that is com- that is really worth watching. And so next, uh, and this kind of ends the list of so so bad that they're good is Rampage. Now, to be fair, I have a little bit of bias on this one because the theater experience that I had was something that uh, I don't think I could ever have again, at least not in this context with this movie, um, because the crowd that I had was road was they were really loud, which is usually not typical for a Midwest crowd. They always tend to be very quiet and respectful. Usually, there are some exceptions, of course, but. In this instance, it was really funny because uh, the guy who sat behind me... Well, first off, we got there and the theater was packed. And so uh, we came with a group of friends. It was, uh, I think, about one, two, three, uh, five of us in total. And we couldn't all sit together. We had to kind of... We all had to split up. And so the seat that I got was at the very front row on the very left side. And so the screen was skewed so bad that half the time you it was hard to make out what was on what was being shown um so that's part of it and then the other part of it was the guy who sat behind me every time anything happened that was remotely interesting in the movie um sometimes multiple times a scene this guy would in the background behind us would go huh it just to every just to anything and so i was sitting with one of the friends in that group and we just we couldn't stop laughing at that um throughout the interview and it was loud enough that we could also kind of make fun of it as well so maybe if i went back into rampage and saw it again my uh thoughts would heavily change i'm guessing more towards the worse um but the experience that i had there uh is something that i think i hope would always stick with me because it, is, it was just so much fun to watch it it was a ridiculous movie overall and in reality it's not a good movie in any sense uh it's another rock movie we have i have two on this list as well so Anyways, it's not a recommend a 3 out of 10. Okay, so the next uh, category here is movies that I hated, which here there are 13. Uh, now, the first one here is Gotti. Uh, we did a podcast over this. Now, the podcast here is actually kind of interesting because we didn't actually give uh, final thoughts on it. We kind of just messed around. Um, so, in reality, um, it's not a great movie. It has some some read i guess it's kind of hard to say redeeming qualities but it has some good qualities to it uh the film does look pretty good overall john travolta uh i I feel without him and his overacting style it wouldn't have been as enjoyable as it was uh in reality it's not a good movie it does tell an interesting story but one that's already been told before um with that being the case it's not one that i would ever recommend three out of ten not recommend Overboard is next. Uh, I believe Curtis and I did a podcast for this as well. Um, my thoughts really haven't changed on this, so you can go listen to the podcast in the description. Uh, yeah, the very poor comedy. I've seen Eugenio Derbez do much better stuff before. I even wrote a review on that in that one podcast that I mentioned. Um, anyways, you want more depth, in-depth uh, idea or in-depth opinions on that, you can go listen to the podcast. Skyscraper is next, another rock movie. Uh, this was just really silly. Um, it just kind of got... I got more frustrated the longer I sat and watched. It's... I mean, it, it. I guess the best way to describe it is it's a rock movie. Um, he's the main star. You can kind of figure out how what it's going to be like if you haven't seen it since then. It, uh, if you haven't seen it at all, yeah, it's it's got a really 
interesting i interesting things in it that i don't really know why they just had to add in like this room full of giant tvs with cameras on the back or, or mirrors i i guess they're rep- meant to represent mirrors um which really only comes in at the end um just really silly ideas like that that really pull against this movie it's 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 trying to be a more modern diehard um but of course it it isn't uh, I didn't know though see an article about that was kind of critiquing this movie and its use of explosions and relating this movie to nine to nine eleven uh, and how it's kind of mocking nine eleven. It's a really silly article that I, that I read up on that. It was uh, quite enjoyable. Uh, aside from that, not, not a recommend for me. A three out of ten. Next is the Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, I believe I gave this a one in the review. Uh, we did for that for that podcast. Um, thoughts really haven't changed on this. I really don't actually remember too much above it since we re- recorded that podcast. From what I do remember, it was still very boring and had moments where it was legitimately hilarious, like when that guy's arm falls off. Really, when that happens up until the very end is when the movie is, I think, at its best um, in terms of being hilarious, not, not necessarily in terms of being a good film. Um, anyways, if you want more into thoughts, there are uh, podcasts on this one as well. All right, next is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Once again, another podcast on this. Uh, can't recommend it. It's a 3 out of 10. And I actually, I in the review, I gave it a 2, and then I kind of went back and changed it. I did say 3 when we recorded, so I just kind of edited my 2 out. Uh, I was a little bit harsh on my initial review or uh, when we were first recorded, so I did a slight change on that. Um, but... That aside, yeah, it nothing really has changed. My thoughts really haven't changed on this since the summer when we recorded this. It's the worst, easily the worst Jurassic Park movie that's been released. And as I said in the review, it kind of just redefines what Jurassic Park is and in a way that it never was meant to go. Um, so yeah, one more thoughts on that. You go listen to the podcast. Okay, next is The First Purge. Uh, this is also a three. Somehow I've seen all the Purge movies up until this point. I don't know how or really why, um, but I have. This one... It's not great. It's really not good at all. Uh, it it has a few interesting ideas, but once again, this is kind of the purge movies. I feel are just oversaturated at this point. Like the first one was not great, and the second one did a much better job at getting their ideas. Uh, I guess what they wanted, the story that they should probably should have told in the first place. But even then, the uh, main story that they have here of there being a day when anyone can, where the all crime is legal, is a really silly idea. Just in general, um, it of course isn't wouldn't work at all in reality and but they somehow they they like to put it out there as if this is a reality that could exist in the near future which anyways that aside uh the first purge itself is not really worth watching it's a really stupid movie uh i really wasn't a fan of it, it it's not uh, it's not as bad i guess as some of the days before this list it has a couple of good things uh, to it um but aside from that couldn't recommend it now, the first purge, I mean, is I would consider Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom to be a little bit better than Fall, than First Purge. Now, to be fair, we are getting towards the worst movie of the year section, which is coming up in a couple here. So these are progressively getting worse from uh, from being so bad that they're good and having a few funny moments in them, like uh, a couple before that I mentioned. To now, they're just getting plain bad. So this is we're getting into the thick of it. Okay, so next is Breaking In. Um, Curtis and I did do a review on this. There's a podcast, so you can kind of go listen to those thoughts if you want to know some more in-depth, um, something more in-depth. Very boring movie, few funny moments, but nothing really that 
I would consider to be anything really worth your time. Uh, it is a woman empowerment movie, but it's not great. It doesn't do a very good job at just being a film. Um, I guess in general, it, it it's kind of like the strangers. It's like the roles are a little bit reversed in this one. Um, anyways, the acting all the way around the all across the board is not great. Uh, it d- does has really poor pacing to it. The villains really don't make a lot of sense here. Um, don't there is no reason to check it out. Uh, three out of ten. Okay, uh, Blockers is next. I got to see this one with Movie Pass. Uh, very poor comedy. Uh, incredibly poor comedy. No, it could just be my own personal preference and what I think and what I find to be funny. And I will I will say that that does probably skew my my uh, views on this movie than somebody else. But at the same time, I find this movie to just be really really silly with what it's even trying to say, uh, which is let your kids do what they want. They'll be responsible. Which I mean, to some sense, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and they show it from three different viewpoints and how each kid will take uh, that responsibility upon themselves. But even then, getting from the moment at the very beginning to this moment at the very end, it just it makes little sense. It It isn't exactly redeeming, I would guess you could say, in terms of this message and or really anything that I find that anything that would be considered funny. Um it has this odd scene of the parents entering this party and John Cena sticking a tube up his butthole uh, and they pour alcohol into it and he gets, of course, drunk off of that. It just is in there for no reason at all. It's just in there for a laugh. It's, aside from that, there really is no reason for it to be here. That's just the kind of comedy that you're going to go into if you're going to see this. Uh, I'm not a fan of this one. Two out of ten, not recommend. Now, this next one I would consider to be the my least favorite movie that I've seen this year. Now, from here on, they're going to get much better. Um, that's just how their list rolls this year. The Happy Time Murders. Um, okay, so let's get this off first. Uh, it is interesting that they are just, that they're going to use, I guess, Muppet-like characters in a more adult setting. I feel like that could work and tell a story that would elicit that kind of use, I guess, of the Muppets style, right? They, that does not work here. Uh, it's one of those movies that has, that is kind of like Blockers, um, but of course much worse than that. It, it tries really, really hard to be funny and throws as many jokes in there as it possibly can um, that are incredibly vulgar that would elicit the R rating um, without having a good reason for them to be there. They're just there to be they're just there to be funny. They don't really, they don't advance the plot any farther. They don't add on to the characters or anything. They're just to be funny, which, okay, possibly that could work. But there are even times when the jokes, uh, it's one of those comedies where the jokes, um, they're, they go so far that they're just not funny anymore and they just become awkward. But there are even jokes in here that take it a step further and they just become frustrating to watch because they keep trying as hard as they possibly can to make you laugh. And it just, doesn't work it gets at that point just becomes frustrating there really is no justification for this movie to be this adult once again it could still work i think that this that this idea of muppets becoming more adult could is an idea that could once again still work but the way they execute here is doesn't redeem it at all i I can't recommend this one this is a one out of ten uh easily the worst movie i've seen this year um easily so next is Kirk Cameron's Connect. Um, 
Now, I almost saw this in theaters, but then I decided not, not to, uh, and we ended up renting it instead. This is an interesting one. Now, I'll give it this. It has good intentions as what it's, of what it's trying to say, which is kind of going against uh, cell phone use um, and a lot of technology, using a lot of technology to distract us from other things and more important things in the world, which, now that's fine. My biggest problem, though, is that anything it tries to, every, everything it says has already been said a million times over it doesn't add anything on to the conversation i've heard everything that this movie has to say thousands and thousands of times which makes this movie more of a bore to me because it's not adding on it's not it has no identity i think that's the problem that i'm, I'm seeing here it doesn't have it doesn't bring its own thoughts to the table even though it thinks that it does everything that's in this movie is been told everywhere else by everybody almost so it that was my biggest problem here is that it just didn't feel it didn't feel unique enough. It didn't have its own identity. And I know that Kirk Cameron has a drive to make things like this, uh, make very inspirational uh, and material. But I don't think this, this is something, I don't think this is his best work. Um, uh, he could have, I think he could have, uh, had, he, had he had more time or maybe even put a lot more of his own thoughts into it, done, done research on things that you would not have expected. Uh, with cell phone use, then maybe it would have uh, made it stand out a bit more. But the way that it is now, uh, mm -mm. I mean, I guess it's something that you could probably show your kids. So for that reason, I could probably recommend it. But even then, it's a three out of 10 for me. Okay, so next is this movie called Superfly. Um, I've heard a few people think that is really, really funny. I found it to be incredibly boring. Uh, it Curtis was with me on this one and the last one. Mostly he's on this one with me, uh, on with me. But it's just, I guess I don't really see where the funny, okay, I, I can see in a few scenes why they, a lot of people will consider this a so bad that it's good, but in an overall sense, I don't see it. I think this movie is just kind of overly long and boring and took a lot out of me just to finish. Um, it's nothing really worth the time. Um, no, nothing really worth your time. Two out of 10, not recommend. Okay, next is A Wrinkle in Time. Um, uh, not a great kids movie, unfortunately. It's something that I found to be so incredibly forward. Uh, I guess forward is not the best way of putting it. So incredibly nonchalant of what it's trying to say that any hope that there could be an audience interpretation is kind of lost. I've heard the book is much better. But this movie is so unsubtle or so not subtle with what its message is and what its ideas are that it just kind of becomes kind of like every other kid's movie, I guess. Um, that's nothing like Pixar. And that's just kind of the biggest problem here is that there really isn't anything that you could bring into the table and leave with um, to make this movie unique to yourself to a certain extent there there isn't much here to allow a, an audience member to really get some more out of it than uh somebody else would maybe because everything here is just kind of told to you there really isn't anything that's just kind of left up to audience to think about so anyways not recommend for me three out of ten now to end this list is upgrade uh getting pretty close to the moves i didn't like uh, or didn't like but didn't hate category um this is a, this was an interesting one to me because everyone seems to really enjoy it and think it's a is think that it's a legitimately good movie and I'm on the complete opposite end of that. I I see where they think that um but I don't think it's a good movie in any sense. Uh in fact, I even said this 
I remember talking to Corbin about this, and I said that this is like an episode of Black Mirror, but just watered down. Um, I've seen things like this in Black Mirror, um, even though I've only watched a season and a half of it, and I need to go back and re-pick it back up. But it's just it's it's pretty insane that this movie got as much got as popular as it did. I didn't expect that at all. Um, it found this. I found a lot of it to kind of just be funny, um, especially when. Uh, the especially when the main character is in a fight scene the camera kind of follows him around doing a bunch of crazy angles which and admittedly is kind of cool when in context when you're looking at it from a i guess a technological standpoint but the way that it looks just looks kind of funny um it almost unneeded uh i guess in 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 reality it's a fine movie but i don't see why it deserves as much praise as it gets maybe i'm just missing something i wasn't a big fan of it uh five out of ten it's a slight not recommend for me then moving on to the next category category number four is movies i didn't like but didn't hate uh or adamant i guess you could say um there are 12 here starting off the list is hereditary uh, i give this a five um scores kind of changed since i first saw it uh corbin and i have very different thoughts on this i didn't like it because i didn't find it very interesting mostly because of the main character the mom i i don't now not to say that she acts not to say that she's a bad actress i think that she does a really good job acting here but the interesting characters that i found would have been the dad and the son and they are given the least amount of development um or i guess maybe not least the dad yes he's getting the least but the son is not given as much development as i guess i would have enjoyed because i really enjoyed their characters from what i saw but there was nothing there for me to really get as invested in as i wanted to because the movie just kind of didn't really spend much time on them. Um, I really did want more development development with them um, on that level. Uh, Corbin has very different thoughts to me on this one. Um, aside from what he has to say, I didn't like it because I just did not find it in 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 a general sense very interesting at all. I don't think I'd ever go back and watch this again. I don't really have much reason to. Um, I also didn't find it to be that scary, just in general. Not recommend for me. Okay, next is Ocean, Ocean's 8, uh, another 5 here. The, one of the bigger issues here is more editing, um, and especially transitions. It has really weird transitions, and the way that it's edited makes it feel like no scene ever sticks in your mind. They go by... They're, they're edited in such a way where the most important bits of it feel like it's not as important. Um, and that also also due to the acting, perhaps, but... Even here, this is another woman empowerment movie, which admittedly is a good thing uh, and not something that I'm against, but it's something that I feel uh, could have been done much, much better and not something that I... In reality, I don't think that the choice of doing an Oceans movie um, with women instead of uh, with men was the best choice. Not to say that they can't do that, but more that there are better ideas and we'll talk about that obviously a little bit later with widows but i feel like there are better ways of portraying something like this in a way that is that would work i guess better than what this movie has to give um than what this movie does so with that being said there are some redeeming qualities but some people might really enjoy this movie which if you do that's fine but for me i found it to be something that was um it just never stuck nothing ever stuck with me with this movie it didn't feel like there was it didn't feel important um the by the way that it was edited okay next is tag another five here um okay i'll give it this uh it, it has an interesting idea 
once again, another thing that I didn't know existed, that this, that these group of friends have played this game of tag for a long time, a number of years, and that one of their friends just hasn't gotten tagged yet, and he's going to get married, and thus they all come together to hopefully tag him. Um, interesting idea, but executed very, very poorly. I, I didn't find this to be very funny. Um, I enjoyed the parts where it was kind of over the top and everything kind of goes, kind of goes in slow-mo. Um, however... I would have really enjoyed it had they pushed themselves and made those times when it when it goes into slow mo and you see and you hear Jimmy Renner kind of analyzing the situation, uh, taking that and then maybe done something along the lines of a Scott Pilgrim with it, where they take it so beyond belief and into into a land of ridiculousness that it makes it much it makes it just much more enjoyable and even more unique in that in that sense. It kind of just feels like a regular comedy here and it's kind of unfortunate that it has an interesting idea behind it but uh, the execution is not great here now i will give it this as well it did make me did make me chuckle a few times so it wasn't like the previous comedies that i talked about where they were just it they were just incredibly poor all the way across the board this one it did, it did give me a few chuckles and uh there although the comedy isn't great it, there are moments where it, i can tell that they uh for somebody else not me they would find this funny so five out of ten it's a mild rec not recommend um some people would really enjoy this although i don't think it's really worth the time next is ready player one i give this a six my thoughts on this have changed a bit since the review um the podcast the one doesn't exist on this one um i mentioned at the very end that i felt it was kind of being pandering um i, I think i think i think my exact words were it kind of, i kind of feel like it's being pandering and thinking back on it and thinking more on the movie and the review i will have to fully agree with what i had to say i think that it is very pandering in my i in my critique of their references here that are only here just to be references and not really here to advance the story i think is still something that i heavily agree with um there's a lot of filler here, a lot of a lot of fluff instead of it being shaved down and be more cohesive and focused. Uh, I said that I was surprised that Steven Spielberg was able to do what he did and that he wasn't, um, I guess, trying to appease this crowd. He, I, I remember saying that he it felt like he knew what he was doing. I don't really agree with that anymore. I think the complete opposite. I think he could have done much better or maybe handed it off to somebody who knew what they were talking or who knew how to portray this thing these kind of ideas to a film medium in this way for this audience. Um, aside from that, you can't, it is still enjoyable for the most part for some, for a lot of people I would say, because uh, there is an audience for this movie, but for my own personal opinion, not a big fan of it. I remember giving it, uh, I, I remember giving it a seven in the review, but now it's dropped to a point to a six for me. Although it is to a, I'm going to go ahead and say not recommend for me. Um, I, I can't remember what if I gave a recommend or not in the review, but not recommend for me. Okay, next is a solo a Star Wars story. Uh, once again, there's a review on this one uh, podcast, so I'll link that below. Some thoughts that have changed a bit on this one is uh, my score. It's a five. I think I gave it a six in the review. Um, it may have been a five. I can't remember, but here it is a five. Um, once again. Things just kind of feel like a basic action movie with the Star Wars skin on it. Um, it just feels like it has to explain everything and give the origin of Han Solo's name, which we would really don't need. It doesn't leave much imagination up to the up to the individual. It kind of like it just likes to explain everything. Um, aside from that, you can listen to podcasts. Nothing. My thoughts haven't exactly changed on that since we recorded it.
Okay, next is a drift, uh, also a five here. Um, well, it's kind of boring. It wasn't incredibly boring, but it's hard to say that there's anything here to muster a recommend from it. Uh, it does have a good now. Shailene Woodley does give a good good performance. Uh, I think she does a very good job, mostly acting alone um, f for the most part here. And I did find it interesting that there it was a bit more psychological than I had initially thought, especially going to get towards the end. But with that being said, uh, once again, it's kind of boring. There isn't much here to really elicit a recommend from me. There's nothing really special here. Another another interesting situation that I didn't know that I, I had actually heard about at this point, but we looked into it. But even then, I didn't find it to be that engaging. So five out of ten, not recommend. Okay, next is God's Not Dead, A Light and Darkness. Now, I, it, I'm i not a fan at all of the first two God's Not Dead movies. Uh, I, I think that they're rather poor films. Now, this one is... While it's not a great film, it does a lot of things differently than the other two have done. And for the better. It, see, it, it looks like they saw the criticism that was being thrown towards them. And thought about it and and fixed a lot of things that had been a problem in the last two movies uh however once again not a great film uh it is a pretty it's a good it's a great god's not dead movie and a good christian movie but in terms of once again being a film not that great it is a surprise to me though uh because it, it looks like they took the genuine pretty seriously and tried to make something a bit more serious something that Hopefully this time wouldn't be as controversial as the last two. Um, it does have its God's Not Dead-isms in there still. Um, the overreacting to normal situations or assuming a few things in terms of beliefs or whatever. So with that, that still does bring it down. But even then, I found this to be quite a surprise. And I actually give this a slight recommend um, because it is a bit of a surprise. I believe last year I gave the check a slight recommend. It was a bit of a surprise to me as well. But with God's, with God's Not Dead 3 here, um, best God's Not Dead movie. Um, but even then, still don't consider it to be a great film. So next here is Black Panther. I give this movie a 6. Uh, holy cow. Uh, this movie is going nuts right now. Um, and even when I guess it's been going nuts since it came out, uh, I don't really see why it gets so much publicity. I mean, to be fair, it does have an interesting uh, conflict between uh, to, between the whole group in here, the the uh, the African American. I guess one of the biggest things here is Af being African American versus being black, and the differences between those two groups, and how sometimes you kind of get thrown into to both kind of category, and sometimes you kind of get thrown into uh, the same box. When in reality, it's not necessarily true. Um, so here it was very interesting to see that they decided to go with that as a as a big theme. My biggest problem here is that it's it's a Marvel movie. And it isn't exactly the deepest kind of literature. It's very, very shallow. Although the ideas are there, then they are interesting. Um, they don't really add too much to the conversation there, aside from bringing it to, aside from a, a um, non-controversial statement. Um, this is going nuts. Uh, it sounds like they're going for a full Oscar run, which isn't really a surprise. Um, but even still... Uh, I, I really hope it doesn't... I don't think it really needs... It's been topping a, a few lists recently. 
in terms of like I think it was the uh I want to say it was the Golden Globe. No, yeah, it was the Golden Globes. I think it got on a lot of different categories, and even and then now it doesn't. I don't think it fits. Anyways, six out of ten. I'm gonna go ahead and give this one a mild recommend. Mild recommend for me. Uh, so we're going to the next one. Okay, Deadpool two. Uh, again, a six. Um, I have seen number one and number two here. Um, I will say, in terms of being a more cohesive film, this one is better. Um, because thinking back on the first one, it wasn't great in terms of how it told its story. Deadpool two, although it does it now, it does have a a bit more heart to it. It feels like they are making out Deadpool to be uh, more of a sympathetic person and more of a sympathetic hero than just. I guess what his tagline is, Denmark with a mouth and just being overly vulgar. I do think that in some sense, the Deadpool movies are good to have because they critique your typical superhero tropes. And I think that we need that. Um, But with this movie, although it does have a little bit more heart, I don't think it pushed itself as far as it possibly could go. I think that it could have done more to make it worthwhile uh, to to sit down and watch the movie in the theater. Six out of 10, I'm going to go ahead and do this a mild not recommend from me. It, I mean, it's fine the way that it is, but I think it could have been. I think it could have pushed itself so much further than where it decided to end up. Okay, next is Incredibles two, another six here. Uh, it's pretty safe, a pretty safe movie, which is why I give it such a low score. Uh, the villain feels very Marvel-y. It isn't really well uh, constructed. It doesn't really feel like a huge threat. It just kind of feels like your average villain. Um, it has a few good moments, uh, and I like that uh, Mrs. Incredible is going to be the main focus here instead of Mr. Incredible. Makes sense both from a storytelling standpoint and from a social relevance standpoint. But the biggest problem here is that it just doesn't feel very special. The last, the first one felt very special and it was very interesting the way that it told the story because it, you, it is something that you would never really seen before or would ever expect to come out of an animated movie, which is to tell the life of a superhero family from a lot of them for a big chunk of time just them living their normal lives especially from mr incredible this one tries to capture that but of course it's gonna be very different from last time which is fine but the biggest problem is it just doesn't feel genuine with it it doesn't really feel it feels like they're trying to appease the social crowd uh to this day and age when in reality i think that they could have done much something much different with the story uh than what we got um, still a fine film. I'm still going to give it a slight recommend, but it doesn't feel like it's uh, Breadbird's best at all. Okay, next is Halloween. Uh, there's a podcast on this, so I won't say too much about it. I think I gave it a six in the podcast. It's still a six here. Uh, it's got its moments where it's fine. It's the best Halloween sequel that we've gotten, but even that's not saying much. So if you want to hear more in-depth thoughts, you can go listen to that. Okay, next is Slice. This is a A24 film that Curtis and I watched. Uh, an odd movie. I gave this one a six. Um, very strange movie. It's one of those where I didn't know if I needed to laugh or if I needed to cringe to what I was seeing. I, I It was very... It, it became to be rather a rather anxious movie because I couldn't figure out what it was trying to do. And I think that that was also kind of the point was to be just kind of awkward. And it's really awkward no man's land of being 
between being genuinely funny because it is really awkward and really strange or cringing at it because it is really awkward and really strange. And so it was really hard to make out which one of these two camps I was supposed to be in. And maybe that was the whole point of the movie. I don't know. Uh, it was very, very confusing in that sense. But even then, it's a very unique film. And I would I would check it out. It's still a six for me. It's going to be a mild recommend. It's a very interesting film. One of the more interesting ones that I've seen from A24. And that's... Uh, that's a pretty high praise, I guess. Okay, moving on to category number three, uh, films that I liked but not taking away much. Uh, there are seven here. The first one is Unsane. Uh, now, this is not my... F- now, okay, it is interesting that this movie was shot on an iPhone, completely on an iPhone, and has a very interesting aspect ratio. Uh, and, and I do think that, that works and needs, and needs to be there for the, with, for the style of the movie. Um, now, this is not the first time that a full movie has been shot on an iPhone. Tangerine, I believe, would be the one that considers the one that's considered to be the first that had a theatrical release. Um, I've seen, I uh, think, about half an hour, the first half an hour of that, and that is one that the iPhone using the iPhone does help telling the story. Um, but back to Insane, uh, it has an interesting story, but one that I found to be rather predictable, um, almost to a point where it kind of ruined it. Uh, it is still interesting to watch, and I would watch it again. I don't know if I'd own it. I'm, I might, but uh, it, it kind of also feels a bit cliche. I feel like I've seen this before. Um, however, the style and the story, to a certain extent, and, and the way that it's presented, I think, do kind of elicit a recommend from me. But even then, uh, it's just, it's not one that I think does go beyond what it probably could have. So next is The Kindergarten Teacher uh, with a six- for me, and uh, this was a strange one. I okay. I like what it has. I like the ideas that it brings up, where a kid just naturally expels poetry, and the teacher, her, and his teacher uh, becomes obsessed with this, mostly due to the fact that she is. It's not really stated, but art in this kind of a sense is kind of dying. Um, poetry is not as alive as it used to be, uh, and so. In that sense, it's really interesting to see uh, the the way that they go with, with that idea. But even then, it gets really weird and to and goes so far that I begin to wonder uh, if they if it needed to go in that direction. Um, I think that Maggie Gyllenhaal does do a very good does do a very good job, and the kid does a good a good job here as well. Um, and does intentionally become unsettling uh, towards the end. But once again. I never really left a lasting impact on me aside from, oh yeah, we're going to bring this up, which is an interesting idea, but never, I guess, pushes itself to a level where uh, that idea is brought to the forefront um, and and pushed in any way. So for me, it's still going to be a slight recommend. Next here is Beast. This is a six. Uh, this is another one where I don't really know how to feel about it. It's uh, an interesting movie. To, it's an intriguing film. But one that I find hard to understand what they were just trying to say in general. It's, uh, and maybe that's the whole point. There really isn't what the, there really isn't, I guess, a message necessarily with this film. It's just an entertaining story to watch um, with a few themes in there. It, but and even then, it just I, I'm kind of having tr- a struggle. I'm having a hard time understanding why this movie was made. Um, just in general. Uh, now, to be fair, the acting is very well done. The execution is very well done. It does this movie is very engaging from beginning to end. So it's enjoyable to watch, but one that I just find I'm I don't maybe a second watching would help with this, but I just find it hard to understand what I was trying to say. So next is Tolly. 
Um, another six. This is, an, once again, another interesting movie for me. It's kind of hard to pin down uh, if I like it or not. Now, to be fair, this really isn't in my demographic, I guess. Uh, it's really focused towards uh, more of the female crowd, especially those that are getting up there in age uh, and becoming mothers and a bit before that and beyond that. So I'm not really in that crowd, obviously. Uh, but now it is very interesting to see the main character see her younger self through Tully, her uh, her nanny. Um, but once again, I think my biggest, my biggest problem is that it's just not impacting me the way that it does other people. Um, I don't really, I, although I see where a lot of women, especially those who are becoming pregnant or looking to become pregnant or are, already have kids, um, could really engage with this movie. I could not, just due to the nature of where I'm at in my life. So, although a fine film and one that I think that uh, could really do a lot of good for a certain audience, not my kind of movie. Um, still going to give it a recommend, though, uh, but not one that I find to be very interesting. Okay, next is Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Uh, now, I'm going to go out here and say it. I think the first one is much better than this one. Um, but I think that it has a lot of interesting ideas and does do a pretty good job at replicating the style from the first one, but while also still remaining uh, in itself. It's still very... It doesn't feel like it's taking too much from the first one and not being as unique. Uh, there is still it, still, it still feels very unique here. Um, that being said, however, uh, there are still issues. It kind of feels like it goes into your typical action territory a lot of the time. Uh, Benicio Del Toro's character, although interesting, there's a moment in time where I thought that movie was going to go one direction and in reality probably should have gone that direction, but then pulls a bait and switch and doesn't go that direction and uh, there's a twist at the end. Um, overall, I think it is still very enjoyable to watch, but not one that I found to be incredibly surprising. Um, I felt like the first one, the first one is definitely much better. Uh, and it is not, this one is also not done by Denis Villeneuve. Uh, he moved on to other projects and that there's somebody in somebody else's hands. Uh, so now they did set up for a sequel for this. So there's going to be a trilogy at the very least. So we'll see what that turns out. I mean, I am kind of excited for that one. Um, to see what, how that one's going to end up. But this one, 6 out of 10, still going to give a recommend though. Okay, next is A Quiet Place. Um, this is one that I really, really enjoyed walking out. And the more that I thought about it, the more I began to kind of turn against my initial thoughts. Uh, it's a six for me right now. Um, I guess it's something that I guess just, I guess the biggest problem here is that it just didn't leave a lasting impact on me. I will give it this though. When I was in the theater, it became it got to a point for me where I was I was scared to move around in my seat simply due to the fact of making too much noise, and that is a very unique experience. So I will give it that. But I don't think this movie has so much to say that it become that it leaves so much of a lasting impact aside from being a unique experience um, that I don't think I could replicate. Which once again, same with what happened with Rampage. I uh, I will give it that. But that still being the case, I don't think this is a great movie, although one that I do find to be still very enjoyable. Six out of 10, it's going to be a, a recommend for me. Okay, so the last one on this list uh, for number three here is Avengers Infinity War. Uh, I actually gave this one a seven. In the initial recording, I did give it a six. It was much more harsher on it. But 
when I thought back before we released it, uh, and ed- when I was during editing, I went back and re-recorded my final thoughts and re- and uh, changed them because I felt like I was, once again was just being too harsh on it. Um, now maybe this one will get better with the release of Endgame, and that sometimes will just happen, like with Star Wars Episode Five, that they. It isn't liked as much at first, but then when it's when the next sequel comes out, uh, it is made astronomically better. Um, still, though, this is a Marvel movie. I'm not the Mar- I'm not a Marvel fan. I'm not really a superhero fan in general. Um, although I did enjoy myself during the, when I was watching Avengers: Infinity War. So a fun movie in general, yes, but not one that I, don't, I not one that I would ever go back and watch. I don't think uh, seven out of ten. Still recommend though. Okay, moving on to list number two, or sorry, category number two, the films I like slash enjoyed. And the first one here is mid-90s, which I gave a seven. Uh, now, the reason why I give this one uh, a high enough score is mostly to the fact that I remember, when I was a kid, when I was a, cu- when I, was a kid, um, I had a cousin who was really big into skateboarding. And so whenever him and I were together, he would always teach me how to skateboard. And so I kind of got a little bit of this culture out of him when I was with him and that was presented here in mid 90s. So that was really cool to see kind of my childhood being put on screen. And of course, I never really went as far as the kid does in this one. Um, but I do see a lot of my cousin in this movie and it is very interesting that a lot of these kids that are in this movie have a lot of their own unique personalities that feel like real characters this movie does do a very good job at showing the culture of the skating culture of the early nine early to mid early 90s uh up until the mid 2000s so that is very interesting i think my biggest issue here uh is more to the fact that it just kind of feels rather shallow it doesn't really do much with the story aside from just explaining the culture um now, in terms of character, I think it does a very good job with characters. Uh, but yeah, any other than that, I think it is still a fine film. 7 out of 10, a mild recommend. Now, RBG is the next one here, also 7. Um, whether or not you agree with uh, RBG and her ideas and the Senate and the Supreme Court, I think is not what I'm meant to talk about. More of the filmmaking style here, which is I think would be a very well done documentary. Uh, about a woman that I guess I didn't realize had this much influence on society. Um, it is kind of cool to see to kind of show her life story, where she came from, and all that she's been through getting to the part getting to the point where she is still on the Supreme Court, uh, and still working to this day. So other than that is I find it to be a very interesting documentary about her. Okay, number next one is Searching, uh, also seven. This is what Unfriended should have been. I think this is what... It takes the idea of Unfriended, of telling the story all through the screen of a laptop, and then doing something with that. Unfriended never really does anything with that idea. It never really pushes itself beyond trying to be scary. Uh, it, searching does the complete opposite. It, it really pushes itself and shows how a story could be told in this way. And I think that... it could have pushed us up even further, but for what we got, I think really shows that this is a viable storytelling device of, of telling a story through the screen of a laptop. And I think this is a very good job at doing that. And I do want to do this on Blu-ray someday. Uh, it's a pretty strong recommend for me. Okay. Now, sorry to bother you in the next one. We did talk about this on our podcast, so I won't talk about it too much here. Uh, this is a seven. Um, it's still going to be, it's also going to be recommended, but this is a very strange movie. One of the, probably one of the weirdest ones that I saw this year. And I think I mentioned this in the podcast I recorded. I would love to see this director. It, this is his directorial debut. So I'd love to see him 
push himself much, much further in the next one to see how far he could possibly go and push what pushes himself film because I think he kind of pokes at that in this one, which uh, I would love to see him do in his next installments to see how far he can push it. Anyways, you want to see more in depth, you want to hear more in depth thoughts on this, you can refer, I can refer you to the podcast linked in the description below. Okay, next is You Were Never Really Here. Uh, once again, Curtis, I need a podcast on this. Uh, so, in depth thoughts are safe for that. Um, so here in this one, I found it to be, although an engaging movie, I don't think this is Lynn. This is not Lynn Ramsey's best. I since the podcast, I have seen. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin, which I think right now is on Prime. So uh, I found that to be uh, much, much better than this one. But not comparing it to that one, uh, I think that it is still a pretty solid, pretty solid movie for the most part. Um, it has its moments where I think it kind of falls flat. Uh, and especially when it comes to showing some violence or the styles tend to change abruptly to from a more realistic to a more artistic sta- more artistic style. Um, and I think that this kind of has to do with editing. I think some of the editing here is not really mixing these two styles very well, um, on, even though they should be. But I think it is still a fine, enjoyable movie for the most part. 7 out of 10, uh, still a mild recommend. So next is Black Klansman. Uh, Overall, I don't really have too much of an issue with it, although I've heard that the way that this is this situation is portrayed is actually not how it was initially happened. Um, I need to look up... I'll have to look that up and see if that is true, but this was what I've heard. Overall, interesting movie. My biggest issue is really the ending. Not that not what it has to say, but the way, just the way that it's executed. It feels very against the tone that was already set previously, especially in the very, very last moments before the credits. Um, once again, a very good thing to say, but one thing that I found to be just kind of not fitting with the style that the movie had already set previously. Still, though, it's going to be a, a pretty solid recommend. Okay, next is Isle of Dogs. I gave this one a 7. I'm a big fan of, of Wes Anderson. My favorite of his is definitely Grand Budapest Hotel. I believe that was actually my first one that I watched. The, my very first Wes Anderson movie. Um... That aside, though, I did find Iowa Dogs be rather, uh, rather enjoyable. It took me a while to get to the theater because it didn't come to where I was at for a while. Um, but yes, I did get, end up getting a seat. I did really enjoy myself for the most part. I think that the Wes Anderson isms kind of overtake this movie to a place where uh, it, it probably should have gone. Um, but I still think it's a very fine movie. It does look very, very good. This is the kind of animation that I really enjoy, which I heard was intentionally done. Uh, to make the animation look like things are moving around, like it feels like there is, it feels very hands-on, kind of like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, and I really, really enjoy that. So for that idea, for for at least a uh, visual standpoint, I think this is one of the best-looking movies, especially from Wes Anderson, which is saying a lot. Um, but from a storytelling standpoint, I think it's kind of where it falls flat. Still going to be a recommend though. The last one on this list is First Man. Now, my thoughts on this one have actually changed a bit since we recorded the podcast. I gave it a 7 in the podcast, but I thought about more about it, and I have now changed it to an 8. Um, very well done. Personal movie about the inner workings of Neil Armstrong's mind and about his thoughts on the moon landing. I think it does a very, very good job with that, and the more I think about it, the more I want to see it again, and I'll probably end up buying this on Blu-ray. So if you want to see more in-depth thoughts about it, my thoughts have really changed to a, to, not to an astronomical amount. Um, they've changed a little bit, but for the most part, they still they still are still relevant in that podcast. Okay, so the last category here is best of the year. Um, now there are four, uh, and these like, well, I guess the title kind of gives it away. So the first one here on the list 
uh, up until the, my very, my favorite is Widows. This is my very first Steve McQueen movie and one that I would really like to go back and watch again. I really enjoyed this a lot. Uh, I was very surprised about how little music it actually uses. There were really only three moments where I could really notice there was any kind of score. Um, other than that, it was very engaging. Had a very character felt unique with real and great acting. Felt very raw. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, so if you ever get the chance, I would definitely check this out. All right, next one here is Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is a nine. Uh, I was surprised it got as popular as it did. I wasn't, I, I knew that it was coming out, but I, for whatever reason, I guess I just didn't take into consideration that Mr. Rogers was affected more people than I had initially thought. Um, that would at least go as far as to watch a documentary on him. So, yes, I do actually remember watching what Dr. Ro- Mr. Rogers when I was a kid, um, but I wasn't really into him that much w- back then. But it is a very, very well done documentary about things on Doctor and Doctor and Mr. Rogers' life that I had no idea ex- had existed, or maybe really no idea that anybody else knew that had existed. So, with that being said, yeah, a very well done documentary, one that I would highly recommend you go see. Uh, I hope this gets nominated for best documentary. I think it deserves it. Okay, the next one here is Re- is First Reformed, uh, also on nine. Uh, we did do a podcast on this, um, so you can kind of listen to those. Uh, back over on that but my thoughts really haven't changed on this too much i did buy this on blu-ray i think i actually pre-ordered this um and so i need to watch it again i haven't watched it since i got it uh but I, but i do gotta say this is uh easily one of my favorite movies of the year just by the subject matter alone and how it kind of critiques the modern view of the church i think it does a really good job with that i think paul schrader does a really good job at voicing his opinions and his concerns with that so so i if you ever get the if you ever get a chance to watch it i would definitely i would definitely do that Okay, now that's one here. This is my number one is eighth grade. I guess now it wouldn't be surprised if you're keeping track. But uh, yes, so eighth grade number as a nine for me. Uh, this movie actually really surprised me. I had I had heard the name of Bo Burnham before I watched this movie, but hadn't really ever seen any of his uh, any of his stand up comedy. Um, after watching it, I did go back and I did get to see some of his stand up comedy. He's a very very talented individual, and I was very surprised that his first outing on a film was this strong. Uh, I found this to be the mo- my favorite movie of the year. I think I've seen this now three times. I, I This is also one that I pre-ordered, pre-ordered on Blu-ray when it was released. Uh, if you ever get a chance, I would highly check this out. It's very funny, but also it takes real life and makes it... finds It finds the, the humor in the awkward situations of life with but while still keeping a heart there towards the end. It's something that I found to be very, very enjoyable uh, and something that I, I was actually kind of surprised that Bo Burnham was able to get his thoughts out there in, in his first directorial debut. I do think that Elise Fisher uh, does a great job and she deserves an Oscar uh, for her performance. I know she got some recognition at the Critic Awards and at the Golden Globe. So I'm, I'm sure that she'll be somewhere uh, at the Oscars. I really do hope so. So if, uh, if that's the case, I hope she wins that Oscar. Anyways, if you ever get the chance, definitely check this, check this movie out. I think it does a great job and it's very surprising for her first outing from Bo Burnham. Okay, well, that just about wraps it up. Uh, yes, so the next time you're here, Corbin and I will be together. We'll most likely be... Uh, for the Oscar, it'd be our Oscar discussion like we did last year, uh, and then after that would be the Oscar. Let's see here. It'd be after the Oscars. We that's we recorded right after the Oscars ended and talked about it. So we'll do the same thing this year. Anyway, so that'll be our next podcast. I'll see you guys later.